Welcome to Big Sky Buckets. I'm Big Sky, and today we're going to talk about a game that happened last night that I think needs to be talked about a little bit more. Um, and we're going to predominantly talk about the Bulls-Dallas Mavericks game. However, I don't really want to talk about Dallas as much as I do the Chicago Bulls. But before we get into it, if you're new, please subscribe, give these videos a like, comment, and if you're an audio-only listener, give it a rating, give it another listen. And before we dive into the analysis of this game, I do want to touch on a couple of things that happened yesterday that I think need a little bit of attention, but not too much. And that would be, A, my friend Feig's big OKC fan. He and I were texting because I was watching a bunch of different games, uh, including at this point Mavericks Bulls. And he basically was, he was getting super excited because OKC was basically blowing out the Pelicans for like the first quarter, almost two quarters. But a really bizarre thing happened with OKC, and I think this is an example of something they need to change and that I think the Warriors have created, that our new era of basketball was created basically from the Warriors and stuff and just shoot threes and hope they go in. And like the epitome of it where it failed was Houston Rockets missing 27 straight threes in a game seven against the KD Steph Warriors. But Ocus, Oklahoma City Thunder in like the third quarter, maybe even a little bit of the second quarter, uh, went one of 21 from three. And basically it bit them in the ass when the Pelicans just started hammering them in the paint and CJ and Zion and even Valanchunas kind of started cooking and then they didn't really look back. And the reason I want to point it out is just I think threes are really important and there's there's validity to analytic basketball but I think you want to play to the strengths of your players and I think one of the players getting the most heat on the Oklahoma City Thunder and one of the reasons that this one at 21 kind of happened was Josh Giddy. Um I think it's his that's his biggest weakness right now being tall kind of athletic Australian He's really good at passing the ball. He's getting better at defense, getting good at mid-range, drawing fouls, all that good stuff. But I think that if you're trying to get him to shoot threes, I think spot-ups and if you if he starts missing, just let him do his normal thing. And eventually that will all work itself out. But when you try when you want to win a game in prime time against a team that you beat in the play-in last year, to which would eventually OKC would lose to Minnesota in the second play-in game. I think that's a game that you don't want to lose. That's a game that you sold. And I think this will be a learning point for the Oklahoma City Thunder of just, look, if there's a if there's a sequence where you're just missing shots, change it up. There's there's so much variety in this offense in general with how crafty a bunch of these players are. Just try and get to the rim. I know that Valanchunas may look like a deterrent, but like you can get there. They The Pelicans, I don't think, have as great of a defensive team as they do an offensive one. So if you're up, just like force them to guard the paint more. And then you have Shea, you have Josh Giddy, J-Dub, Chet. These guys will score in the mid-range. And that's okay when you're up by like what I think it was like 20 at some point in the first half. But that, that's that's going to be one that you look back and say, okay, let's try not to do that again. When you go on a stretch, don't 
I know shooters shoot, but not every shooter sh should shoot if it's everyone is kind of in the same, okay, we're not making them. It, either call a timeout, try and get together and say, hey, let's change it up a little bit. Let's, maybe let's run a little bit more pick and roll, blah, blah, blah. But that seemed to be a little thing that stuck out to me, especially from how pissed Feeks was. Um, and then second of all, before the season started, the Milwaukee Bucks had Terry Stotts, the old Portland Trailblazer head coach, who coached Damian Lillard during all of those playoff teams. He was one of the best offensive minds in the game. He, They obviously were always a really bad defensive team. But Terry Stotts ended up walking before the season started and didn't want to play under Adrian Griffin. And I think that is a big issue. And it's starting to veer its head. Number one, the Bucks just lost in a blowout to the middling Raptors. And, okay, it's early, it's whatever. A, they're not using Dame and Giannis the right way. Last night it sounded like Dame only got, like, nine shots off and like four from three. That's like the kind of, he went oh of four from three, but that's how, that seems like something you tell like Max Struess, like, hey, why don't you stay in the corner and do this or top of the key and do this. And like, he just gets four threes up, he misses them all, so he stops getting the ball. He had like 15 points, but one of the reasons is like, the usage rate for Dame is so dramatically down comparatively to, the usage rate he had in Portland. And I understand that's what happens when you play with Giannis. But this is the thing I've been trying to talk about during their losses. It feels like they don't want to give Dame the ball and let him be the primary ball handler. In the first game, he was. In the first game, he was. And he had 39 points. And they won. And he had a bunch of assists, too. But it seems like the games they win, he has the ball more in his hands. And the games they lose, Giannis has the ball more in his hands. And I think that's an issue the second thing is that, as my friend Duncan commented way early on about how the Bucks perimeter defense is going to get worse, which everyone knew, but is it sustainable for like the regular season? And I said it should be. I think I'm wrong because and I'm going to show a graphic in a little bit when I talk about the Bulls, but this graphic also pertains to what I'm about to say. The Bucks in four or five games now, or the worst defensive team in the league. That is not supposed to happen. Not with a team with Brooke Lopez and Giannis. Uh, and I think it's primarily due to uh, the backcourt with Malik Beasley and Dame is so awful that they are burning them. And then somehow that's translating into, I'm not going to give Dame the ball, I guess, or just have him be a corner shooter. And I think that's also a problem with Adrian Griffin super early in his tenure is that he's doing, he's trying to make this a defensive team and that's not working. And then he's kind of destroying the offense potential this team has. It's really disappointing so early. Now they still can get it together, but this is something to monitor because this is a bad start. This is a really bad start. And this is exactly how to not utilize your top tier talent, especially getting Dame. And I, th I think they just, Adrian Griffin is trying to run this team like they did with Drew Holiday because that's how it worked. And I know that Giannis really hates change in general, so that could possibly be it. Just Giannis pushing back against uh, change in general. You have to accept that change. I haven't seen them do the pick and roll enough 
this team is not working the way it should. They're going about it all the wrong way. So that, that's my little tidbits of just stuff that's happening around the league or what happened last night that is worth talking about. But now let's really get into the nitty gritty. Dallas Mavericks, Chicago Bulls in Dallas. Dallas won. Surprise to no one. The details might surprise you, but it was a nine-point game. And heading into this game, I was really interested to watch Luka, of course, because he's been on an absolute heater. He's like averaging something like 39 points, like triple-double. He's looking insane. This was not a Luka game. He finally came back down to earth, and part of that is because the Bulls were running a a defensive scheme of just, we're going to stop Luka and we're going to make everyone else beat us. And that's exactly what happened. Everyone else beat him. When Grant Williams goes off for 25 and Derek Jones Jr. has a revenge game against Bulls, who he used to play for, and has 20-something points, that's going to be hard to win. But it's going to be even harder to win when Patrick Williams only he only had 0 for 6. He was basically nothing on the offensive end. And... I, I want to talk about Dallas more, but I'm just going to go ahead and say congratulations to Dallas. I can't wait to talk about them in a different video. But really what I'm starting to realize with this podcast, I want to talk about the teams that lose because when they when teams lose, you can really analyze the bad habits and what what went wrong opposed to what went right because it's basketball and sometimes like a crazy shot can just go in and that can win you a game and like you just salute and you got to move on to the next one. Dallas is really good right now. I'm waiting to see when they finally hit, not a wall per se, but like a real challenge. I don't think they've played any team that I would say are like world beaters yet, but the Mavericks look like world beaters right now. So that's that's a fair point for like not – I don't want to criticize Dallas. Um, they look great. They look – so far through like four or five games, they're top five in offense and defense, which is incredible. But again, Kyrie didn't even play this game. Uh, this is, we're starting to get to the depths of the Bulls. Now to recap, the Bulls have lost and played really bad in, a, in most of these games so far, but I think they're two and three, which isn't awful. But... Um, now I'm going to put the graphics up. So wherever I put them, basically we're going to look at their defensive rating in terms of the league. Now I'm going to use StatMuse and they're trying to do this thing of StatMuse Plus and you got to pay 20 bucks a month to see like all the numbers or whatever. Screw that. Um, but basically based on these stats really, you will notice that the Bulls are a bottom 10 defensive team in the league. That is not great. But based on your offensive rating, you can still be a solid average team if you're above, like if you're an above average offensive team and a below average defensive team. That's that should average out to 500. So depend where the Bucks are they're the 30th best defensive team. You have the Bulls who are a the 20th best defensive team. That's not great, but based on their offense, this should all pan out. I'm now going to put up the graphic. If you'll notice, it's even worse than their defensive rating. This team sucks. This team disgusts me. And the reason I say that 
is that I saw a lot of people going into the season being like, everyone was trying to pick which team in the East is going to make the jump or they're going to come back to form because sometimes you just have a bad year and you just get it together. This team is fundamentally broken. From the beginning of calling the players only meeting after getting blown out in the home opener, basically the reason they called it was because the players on that team were basically pointing fingers at each other saying, we're not playing with enough effort. It is the first game at home. If you're not playing with enough effort, then that's just a, that's bad vibes. That's a bad omen for the rest of the season. And that's basically what's playing out in front of our eyes. Levine had a game earlier this season where he had 51 points against Detroit. He had zero assists and they lost that game. That is not a sustainable way to win. And you know he's not going to have 50 a game because that's not Levine. He's he's kind of a streaky scorer, but he can hit basically any shot he ever wants to if it's going in. And that's what actually what happened at one point in the second quarter. He started cooking, and then it fell off. And then the problem here is Levine is a really good, like, streaky isolation scorer. In terms of redundancy, DeMar DeRozan is the exact same, except instead of a three-level scorer, it's just basically in the mid-range and near the basket. So... When he is cooking, it's it destroys the spacing because the paint gets packed a lot more and they should be able to run five out, but they rarely ever do because of uh, DeMar DeRozan. And then you have Vucevic, who was actually really good in this game. He played really well against Derek Lively, the rookie. And Derek Lively also had a really good game. A lot of rebounds, a lot of second... He basically created so many second opportunities for the Mavs who always seemed to, every single time they got a second opportunity, they always made it count. But, um, you know, Vucevic is such a big guy, it's understandable why he would win that matchup against a rookie. The problem here in terms of the, this big three is now it just sounds like from a lot of Chicago beat writers is that he's unhappy with his role, being a third option, maybe not getting enough touches, not doing exactly what he wants. This team is just fundamentally broken, and nothing showed it more than this was a very competitive game to give them some credit. And now I'm going to take that credit and throw it away. I'm going to burn it every single time they tried to contest a shot from Dallas. And that Dallas player hit a shot. You normally just got to say respect and move on. But they'd put their head down, and they'd just be, they, you'd see the life just drain out of them and try and get back on offense, and they just wouldn't have it. And then again on defense, every time there's like a switch or a pick-and-roll switch, and then some someone who like a bigger player gets on a smaller like guard and gets a bucket, the guard in the center, like so basically it was like Vucevic and Levine, I saw this a lot from them, would point fingers at each other like, that was your fault. No, that's just how it goes. You just got to try and communicate that better, but they're not doing that well enough. And it just feels like this team has run its course. Ever since Lonzo went down, this isn't the same team from two years ago where they were the number one seed for like two months in the East. There's no heart. I I couldn't tell you who's the heart of this team. The bright side is that Javon Carter and Ayabusumo played. The the, the, The con of that, they didn't play enough minutes. And they're not starters. And all of a sudden you're thinking maybe they should play starters. But the second I say that, they're going to probably, they'll become starters and then they're going to suck. Uh, this, whether it's their coach, whether it's this roster construction, whether it's just the players and their vibes and everything in between, it is time to blow this up. 
It really is. I know you don't want to. I know the owner doesn't want to. They want to make money. They don't want to tank again. They, their GM before, the whole reason this is even transpiring before our eyes was like, okay, when I got here, we sucked at drafting. So why don't we just like get rid of all our draft picks and get players that actually are really good players instead of like potentially having bust and having to develop and stuff. And that was a good idea in theory. But based on the new CBA and what the team you have currently, the coach is not really getting through to these players. This whole thing, and I don't think a coaching change is going to fully solve this, personally. And I think there's been so many coaching changes in the Levine era. That's the other problem. Uh, I think this is just sometimes it is what it is. Sometimes you just have to accept reality. And that reality, five games into the season, is this team sucks. These players are not, they do not play super well off of each other. There's a lot of value in these players going to different systems, different teams, not being number one options on these teams that you could trade them for. And to acquire assets, you have your first round pick for this upcoming year. It's like top 10 protected the next year. So if you're bad enough, you can get you can just start this over, get a new coach, get a new system. Billy Donovan is not it. These players are not it. it. It's hard for me to truly analyze from a basketball perspective just what this team makes. When you watch this team, this is the best way I can put it. When you watch this team, you feel nothing. You feel just a void. It, like there's no joy. There's no happiness of watching this team. And Nothing says that more than there's so many Bulls fans because of Michael Jordan, what he did for this, at the time, small market team or medium market team and made them into a large market team. So they always want to win. But ever since MJ has left, this franchise has been cursed. And I think eventually they'll get it right. But this is not the team that gets it right. It is time, in my opinion. Do I think they will blow it up? No, because they are stubborn. Um, I think they will change coaches and then they will realize it doesn't work, but it will take until the off season to finally pull the trigger, which is a bad idea. Again, I can't express how much of a bad idea that is. It's time to get value. It's time to go young and create a new culture. This culture is done. This culture is in the mud. It reeks. It's disgusting. And I'm, I'm just so tired of trying. I don't. I know this is the first time I've been talking about him on this pod, this episode, uh, on, on any episode, really, aside from the predictions. But I think my prediction is dead wrong. I think this will be a bottom five team in the East, regardless of blowing it up or not. Because I just, I thought they would win you games, but the vibes are just so horrendous. That is just so hard to watch. And I'm about to basically end the episode because this makes me feel bad talking about a team that you just watch and they're like, God, this is, it's exhausting to watch them too because you're like, this should be a better team, but they don't like playing with each other. That's just, it's so obvious from their like body language, from their facial expressions. You can, it's, it's interesting. The more you watch this game, the easier it is to understand when teams play, like when winning solves everything, but even their wins have not been good. That And that's kind of the telling part. It's like those wins have solved nothing because they'll win a game and immediately get destroyed the next game or just be horrendous the next game. I don't know, man. It's tough.
and I feel bad for Bulls fans. I've probably been feeling bad for Bulls fans for a while. It just when Lonzo went down, you should like give that whole season another like that shot. Then you give last year a shot, and I think at that point you re, like you just need to make a big move and trade one of Demar Derozan, Zach Levine, or Vucevic. And none of those things happened, and they just ran it back, and it's been a bad time. Again, shout out to the Dallas Mavericks. Um, they look great, at least. Bulls, not so much. Uh, sorry for the short up, but that's it for this episode. Um, I think there will be more to talk about tomorrow. Uh, I said that yesterday, but th this one I really wanted to really hammer home how much I dislike the Bulls. Not for personal feelings, just with eyes. With eye if you have eyes, you, you can see how bad they are. It just feels bad to watch them. Like like a really sad movie. It just hurts you to watch a sad show where characters are doing all the wrong things and you just feel awful watching it. You're just grabbing your heart like, please, when will the pain end? And for them, it won't end until they blow this up. So that's all I got for you. Thank you for watching if you're a YouTube watcher. Thank you for listening if you're an audio-only listener. For both, for both, uh, please subscribe if you're new. Like I said before, like, comment, let me know. Am I being too harsh on the Bulls? Am I being realistic with the Bulls? Are we? Is Dallas for real? It, are the Bucks in trouble? Did OKC screw up yesterday by trying to shoot too many threes? Let me know in the comments. Give it a rate on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, and I will see you all tomorrow. Peace.